call is being recorded. Hi, Chioma here. And I'm Mita. We're cousins and good friends who decided to turn our hours-long weekly phone calls into a podcast. Come into the room. Our open conversations are now open to you. In partnership with our friends at Yawa, this is Are You Me? Where should we begin? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Okay, if you could pick like three words Mm. to describe your year. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Complicated. Mm. Challenging. I'm waiting for the positive one. (laughs) I know, but the truth is, the word I want to say is actually not positive at all. What is it? lonely mm. but but it's not as if there haven't, haven't been positive things that happen in the year but really if i'm looking at the year as a whole i think that's where that's where the word complicated comes in though is like there have been pockets of positive mm-hmm. but in general it hasn't really been so which is why complicated just kind of seemed to I think if I really picked one word, it would be complicated for the mm-hmm. exact reason of the fact that it's just been a, a depressing year in many ways with a handful of positive things. Yeah. And I'm thank- I'm so thankful for the positives, but still, in general, <laughs> would I want to relive this year? Probably not. That's fair. What about you? You, you got two out of my three. What Cha- would Challenging. Mm-hmm. I think challenging is probably my main because it it connects even the good and the bad things to me kind of the way you said complicated connects the good and the bad like yeah. i find even the good things were like a challenge a thing of adjustment choosing to pursue some kind of new experience or having a new opportunity that then brings its challenges lonely is a big one but also i wouldn't call that negative and maybe mine is not lonely as much as it is alone I know. It was just, I just had an experience of my own company that I've never had to have <laughs> mm. in my life. Um, and so that came with a feeling of loneliness sometimes. Like, I think I've grown a really cool appreciation for my own company and mm. being good by myself um, in a way that has genuinely surprised me because there were some mm. very challenging times. Yeah. At the start of the pandemic. I would say my third word. I don't... I think proud. Okay. I, I like think that. I... Yeah. I'm proud of you. Can we just <laughs> say so, you know, that I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I think I, I tweeted something at the end of last year. Uh, at the end of 2019 where I was like, I hope 2020 gives me many occasions to rise to. <laughs> what? <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you wish for. And I think I did get a lot of things. There were a lot of things to rise to Mm -hmm. um, that I think I handled not perfectly, not in ways that, you know, I couldn't do better, but in ways that I think honoured much of my best self. Maybe not even my best self, but much of the person I'm hoping to become. Mm-hmm. Oh, I started the year with a lot of hope and excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, I feel the same. I don't know if you remember my New Year's 
I had, I wore this like disco ball dress. I was just in my confidence zone. I was like,、mm. yes, I'm gonna carry this energy. I don't know. I felt a lot more critical of my body towards the end of 2019, and I was like,、mm-hmm. I'm stuck with this thing, fam. Like we move. <laughs> And so I saw this dress at Topshop, and I was like, "That's the one I want." I was trying to project into 2020, like the、mm-hmm. self that I want to be, someone who's a lot more confident, content,、mm-hmm. enjoying every moment, embracing what has what it has for them. I felt I had a good feeling about the whole thing. If、mm-hmm. I like, I'll be honest. And say that、yeah. I'm. At least we know that I'm naughty. I don't have juju powers because I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. But I had a good、I、feeling mean, about the whole thing. Me too, man. Like I was, it was a really. I really was looking forward to it for so many ways. Honest, I keep saying I was like this year. I was supposed to have my hot girl summer. I was、mm. ready. I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna be in the best physical shape of my life. Which again, like it was a. Top high bar, considering like last in 2019, didn't you run your marathon? marathon? Right, like so it was kind of a high bar, but I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to be able to do my first proper unassisted pull up, like blah blah blah. <laughs> Sis, I I, I don't even I haven't even been in the gym. I don't even know if I can because <laughs> we don't even know. But also, I was really excited because like I was in a、oh, new、yes. show at like a bigger theater, and we're going to start rehearsal. I mean, we did start rehearsal in January. All of this excitement in my soul,、uh, all of it. I mean, it did start out as like a nice January. My birthday happened, and、yeah. that was nice. And、um, Alex came to town the day after my birthday, and she like brought this cake from this from this、um, shop that we, I really like in Boston. She literally had it delivered, and it was so nice. And we like watch TV, trash TV as we do, which was great. <laughs> like it was perfect. So、yeah. it kind of set the tone. I was like, oh, this year is going to be a great year. I think I might have been a little bit. Down. I had applied for a job and didn't get it. I started the、oh. interviewing process for my current、oh, job.、Wow. I feel like I I was kind of in an in between phase. I was doing a lot of thinking about where I was at because I wasn't necessarily content in the job that I was in at the、mm. time. I was considering moving. I just felt like I was really in a place of hmm. I feel like I'm ready for something different,、mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm. I'm not necessarily seeing doors opening onto me, like the the interview process I had, the way it went was like specifically discouraging because it looked like I was so close and then I didn't get it. So I think there was a whole. I think even my whole attitude and everything where I was kind of being positive was because I was like, okay, either something is going to change or I'm going to force a change, but like there just has to be more.、Mm-hmm. I think I was just trying to make things happen, and they did, because it was at some point in January that I got my offer. But yeah, that was that was huge, and it set the tone. I think for a lot of things,、mm-hmm. such a blessing as well, because my previous experience, like with the job that I didn't get, was really disappointing. But then to get something that was like better. In every, <laughs> in every way, compared to that. Wasn't even the one you didn't get. The one that the ha- the person you interview with ended up having a lunch with you. Yes. After they told you. Yeah. yeah. Which again, that was a big lesson. A lesson that I'm still trying to learn. Which is like, there's a lot of projecting that we do on situations. I'm、mm-hmm. the worst at this. I have so many internal narratives, 
and I like take the things I experience and I bend them into the narratives when oftentimes the reality is so different, which is why like sometimes, sometimes it would be so great. It would be so great to be able to see into the mind of the people that you're interacting with, of the experience you're having. Cause you're just like, that's why when people say, if you could have a superpower, Mm-hmm. Which will you take? I mean, for me, I always say it's a toss-up between mind reading and teleportation. Because, <laughs> but really, I think mind reading is a strong one. It really is for me because, again, like you, I mean, you know, I am a classic overthinker. So it would just be good to know one way or the other. But Yeah, I, I had internalized that situation so much. And I was so saddened. I was like, I felt like somebody else was chosen. I don't know. I don't know why. Because I also knew that. I had a positive experience. I also knew that I did well. Like I got great feedback. And I also knew I've done enough of this job stuff to know that like when you get to a certain stage, when they don't pick you, it's literally margins. It's margins. It's not because of who you are. It's some little thing. But for some reason, probably because of how I was feeling at the time and maybe just not feeling like things are falling my way, I just really, really internalized it. So... I mean, I'm not, I'm not someone who believes in closure, you know this. <laughs> I'm not a believer in closure. When things end, they're closed, is my view. <laughs> but, I, but my caveat to that is closure actually comes like, in a really effective way when you no longer need it, when you've already mm. rationalized the situation and you've accepted it. Then when you get to know the reality, it's like a cherry on top. And that's what I felt like my experience going to that lunch with the, who would have potentially been my manager if things went well. And she was just like, hey, we were on the cusp of hiring you. And then there was a hiring freeze, which was very different from what I was told by the HR person on the phone. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'd already got my offer. And so she was she was so excited for me. And she was like, it only makes sense. You're going to do great wherever you are. And that, I don't know, it was just, just a huge lift and such a huge encouragement. That was my jam. It wasn't bad, eh? Like, it's on, on course with good things for the year <laughs> yeah i mean it really seemed like yeah it seemed like we're moving in the right direction right. for me I, the show at the time was like the big thing once i started doing the show i was like okay like this year i'm gonna try to branch into into film moving from Let stage to screen new. yeah like yeah moving from stage to screen like that was my whole thing for the year right like it was and i seemed to be on track mm-hmm. like i was on track Doing that show was so much fun. Like we had all this fun shoots and like the costumes were great. I ended up actually buying a bunch of my costumes. Yeah, I remember you this- saying that you loved them so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Obsessed with them. The costume designer was amazing. And I learned how to like stage fight with a sword. So now I, I had like combat. I have like stage combat added to my acting resume. Like, well, I have stage combat with like a sword. So There's cool. a whole thing like added to my acting resume because it's a skill. Yeah. February was I I started my new job in the middle of yeah. February. I just felt like a big girl. I got a big girl pass. You did. I, got new clothes. <laughs> I just was like on my big girl vibes. I remember I just... you get your big girl purse. Like it was a, it was a huge decision. I remember you get your big girl purse. I got my big girl coats. Remember? Yes. <laughs> Again, haven't won it, but I did get it. <laughs> what I've realized now is that job has really transformed like my phase of life arguably say more probably like a lot of nigerian women i carry 30 in my brain as like an arbitrary number to have an arbitrary age to have accomplished certain things Mm -hmm. but for me those things aren't marriage (laughs) Mm -hmm. i looked at my life i'm someone i love to travel i like i think about moving even which is weird because i've been in the same place for like 
over six years at this point, but I, there's no year where I haven't really very seriously thought about like, okay, should I be moving? Like, mm-hmm. um, and each each time I, I get on that track significantly, some other new development happens here that keeps me. And I was just thinking like, okay, if I go and I do grad school, then maybe I'll take the year after that go and live in Spain and France like I've always wanted to like go to yeah. Europe go learn the languages that I've wanted to learn live with and, your sister as yeah you and I've just always thought those things are for young people like I'm just like there's a stage in life where you can't do that anymore you can't just like up and go you have to have mm-hmm. a sense of stability um and so I've just always thought like oh I would try to get those things done before 30 it feels like I was at a fork in the road and I've I've taken the path and yeah I've chosen now and I've accidentally reached a certain level of stability that I didn't think I would achieve till I was deeper in my 30s how do you feel now that it's here how do you feel about it I think I'm a bit scared Hmm. because because I've never expected stability I've always had open doors in my mind of like where I could go and what I could be and all of that um and i'm just like i don't want it to unintentionally or like subconsciously pressure me into like not seeing the world that way and seeing myself that way and it feels like it w- and it would have to be interrupted it doesn't feel like something i can organically escape <laughs> which is so weird it's so weird and obviously it's in my head i just felt such a low sense of attachment to anything and i feel like that has switched and it's a cool thing because I think it makes me open to so many other things, like probably more open and actually emotionally Im- available to engage in, in a relationship, a serious relationship with, if I wanted one. Like, But it's a strange place to be because I never aspired it. <laughs> and I'm shook. I'm shook you, and I'm surprised. Are you still curious about the other path that you 100%. didn't take? I just keep thinking to myself like, I don't do some of them like will I ever do them even if I did them later like the experience would be very different potentially than the experience you have as like a carefree young woman Mm. I just have to trust that the timing for me of when those things come if they do come will be right and like when it becomes clear what what I need to study or or where I need to go if I need to move closer to family like all those things if those things come up it will be clear mm-hmm. to me that, you know what, you have a decision to make and you have a yeah. window here. February was the month I accidentally entered into stability. <laughs> <laughs> Cry me a river, sis. I know, I know. Like, how lame is this? Like, this is like the most first world problem ever of all time. Like, I'm stable. Help. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I get it, though. I get it. This year is probably the year when I felt the most adult. Mm. Like, I don't know that I've ever felt as adult as I have in this year. So I think there's a lot of growth that's happened in this year for me. I think even just the spending of so much time alone and by myself kind of made me think about what will my life look like? Like, what should my life be looking like? How am I structuring my life in the way that I want my life to look like? What do I need to be thinking about? So I don't know that I've ever contemplated my future quite as much like try to think about the things I need to lay the groundwork for that. Like mm-hmm. how are my finances looking? What am I like trying, what are the goals I'm trying to accomplish? Like what timeline am I giving myself to accomplish these goals? Like things like that, you know, mm-hmm. trying to like those, which I think are quite very adult things to be thinking about. 
March. Yeah. This is when I should have known that things were going to fall apart in March. I went for a run. Actually, I think it was like a 11 or 12 mile run. And I fell. Hey. Yeah, I literally ripped through my leggings. Since all my years of running, I have never fallen while running before. But I fell. Scraped my arm. My knee was completely scraped. Again, the imbalance of the world was revealing itself. It really was. It really was. I ended up like crying out of straight embarrassment of literally falling face face first in the middle of the road. Like also not great considering the fact, as I said, I was in the middle of a show where I was sword fighting and I Mm. ended up on the floor. And I cannot get up because I cannot support myself with my hand to get up because my <laughs> my palms are completely like scraped. So literally my my like scene partner has to help me get up. It was really just a terrible time. Um, Kobe Bryant and his daughter passed. Like that was the big, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that was in January, but I I think that was, I also, I think this is happening and will continue as we get older because there's a lot of celebrities now or people that we have connected to in some yeah. way, it's people who we grew up watching or listening to or whatever that may be. Like, the, the, the deaths are a lot more personal now. But that scenario was crazy because I don't know if you remember this because you're not on social as much. But him and his daughter were a meme. I, it's almost like um, our connection to them was built only to be taken. Wow. I mean, at least for me, as someone who's more of a passive basketball fan, like I literally just watched the playoffs and the finals. Like um, Kobe Bryant is somebody I know, I knew predominantly by just his grandeur and his name. Like he was some, one of the athletes that transcended the sport. And then we now see him, he's like retired, he's moving into all these other areas and he's very, very involved with his family. Mm. And then something so tragic unexpected and just heartbreaking happens and like yeah. i don't know man i cried a lot over celebrity deaths in this year 2020 like there was yeah. and i and i cried a lot this is probably my number one crying year mm-hmm. <laughs> but like yeah i mean there are lots of reasons to cry de- this year I, I just i mean chadwick passed away in august and mm. that was devastating that was another one where i just cried and cried that one was that one hit me I like. I would I, literally see like picture or there was one piece of art that was floating around where it was him with his arms doing the Wakanda like mm-hmm. crossed arms and then there was a little kid, a little black boy doing it and I just wept. Yeah. Yeah, that one was like I literally felt like I was in mourning for that one. And I mean, you know that I love Black Panther. Yeah. Like really, really love it. I think I saw it in theaters. So I think I saw it in theaters four times. But I've also seen it more than four times. <laughs> he had decided the stories he wanted to be telling. Yeah. And he wanted to be telling the stories of his people and his community yeah. and the icons in that whether they were fictional or real, yeah. like that is how he patterned his career. And to be able to see that in hind, like he left us such a like gifts, a body of gifts in the way he executed his career he yeah he did so much like even just beyond beyond the art of what he was doing like even on the yeah. like all the philanthropic things he was doing like he just did yeah. so much like and, and to know that 
why he was doing that he was battling with his own personal struggles right. like yeah i went back to like listen to the speech he had done at howard for graduation graduation yeah and it was just i mean even when when it had happened because that was 2018 like it was beautiful then but just going back to listen to it and i was just like wow like all mm. this wisdom just and just his faith in god and everything it was right. just ah like it was his just faith e- was so moving yeah it was just everything honestly it was just everything ah i remember like i found it was happened on a friday night i think and i or a friday and i think i like i woke up on saturday and like i was like crying just from mm. like i literally just remembered that he was he was gone and then yeah. to find out that he had been like bullied online and stuff because I, like that yeah. was heart-wrenching that's one of the poisons of the of the internet and social media stuff it's just like people are so desperate to be funny sometimes yeah. that they don't realize how hurtful they're being like they just jump straight to the joke on anything you're laughing at someone's expense without really yeah. understanding what's going on and even they're celebrities they're real people too yeah i just was thinking about his wife i know i mean I just, my heart broke into a million pieces for her and all the wives who've had to go through such yeah because it really has been a lot of i mean apart from R- rbg that was another one so devastating like, that was a, i was just like ah oh. like again she was old but yeah, but, it, but also, uh, like, she was really carrying that whole nation's democracy on her, really on her was, frail shoulders. So she, she shouldn't have had to Her shoulders weren't that frail, that. to be honest. That woman was strong. She, she was, was a strong, beast. yes. But, ah, uh, I was like, notorious RBG. Like, I'm sad, but also you have tried. Yes, thank it was just you. like, it's like your watch has ended. Like, like thank, thank you for you your for service. Thank you for done. I definitely chucked back glasses of champagne in her mm-hmm. in her honor um yeah. but it was just like a devastating way that it happened like, i just think the year was already a lot and then yeah i know her. i was just like oh this year can we win i was also just like oh, rbg like again you've it's tried to rest. but it was a few more like it was a few more months it was a few more but i was like, oh, I <laughs> like i'm sure she tried she she was trying sure though she i mean because she, she really she, had been trying. she had been trying like she had the hip thing and like a so full and she's had things. so many things so that one has been trying like that's why it also mm. was like a, you know what you really have tried thank you for all you've done thank like you so much I mean, I find her life very inspirational, but I find the love in her life very inspirational. Oh, I know, I know. Like, the it story gives you so much hope, doesn't husband. it? Especially to think, like, this is pre a lot of men even understanding some of some feminist positions. Yeah. What I learned so much from them is, like, if you truly value your partner as an individual as a, and as an equal, you're going to do what it takes on your end to ensure the best for them and for them to thrive. Like he literally campaigned for her to become, to, to be on the Supreme Court, knowing that it would elevate her in the legal profession way above him. And he was not a small fish in the legal profession. Mm-hmm. That's selflessness and love for somebody that makes you go like, I see you, you're excellent. I want you to max that and I'm going to do everything in my power to do so. And vice versa, like she did it for him when he he was studying she was home he was sick she was take writing his notes like it should just be such a two-way and that's thing. what power couple means to and me it's like when yeah. like couples where like everybody's career is just like everybody's elevating everybody else yeah march was really the beginning of the yeah end. things fall apart uh the center cannot hold 
it that could was not much. hold. <laughs> that was really, that was really like, much. Oh, I just remember, like, because I was supposed to come to Cali. Because my show was supposed to Because your show wasn't supposed to be opening. So I was trying to be there for opening night. But anyway, it was really sad. Um, yeah, I just remember us. And just days were creaking by. And you're just hearing, like, border closure, border closure, border closure. And I'm like, can I still come? No, and then eventually no, it, just no. beca- it just became clear that it, nah, it just makes sense to stay where yeah. you are. Because everything's so uncertain. I also remember, because it was around that time, where so many friends of mine were trying to go to Afro Nation in Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, you're just watching. And and it keeps looking like it's happening. It's happening. Mm-hmm. But then we're still optimistic, right? Like, we still had we Japan. Were, and we're yes. like, you know what? And they, okay. the way everything was framed, even, even with the first announcements of lockdown, it was like two weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we Little really did thought, we know. yeah, we really thought we'd be out of the because I remember the very first day. Again, I'm right in the middle of tech week in during the show, which just means like you're literally at the theater. If it's a weekend, you're there from I think like 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. and you do it again the next morning. Like it's really exhausting. Or even mm-hmm. weekdays, I'm there from like as soon as I leave from work, I go to the theater, have my dinner at the theater, and like I leave at like 11 or 11:30 or whatever. Come home, wake up at 5 a.m., do it all over again. Like. I wasn't sleeping, so we got this email that was like, oh, well, I'll work from home for the next two weeks. I remember just being really excited. Then it was an exciting scenario because I was like, oh, <laughs> if there was any time that I needed this, is this tech week? I felt really happy. But of course, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I'd been at work for like a month and I got to be on the like crisis response team and it was like actually so exciting in a way, but there was one week where it was already a lockdown week. I was considered an essential worker at that time because of my role in the crisis response. I was still going into the office mm. and like just like things that would be busy, empty. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was surreal. Yeah. And then so many things started happening over time around Calgary where you wouldn't even put money that we would experience something like this. Like one of our main roads, they just, like they turned it from like a dual roadway to a single one. And like the other side, it was just for people to walk because nobody's really driving anymore. Like you're not going mm-hmm. to work. It's not busy. Just like very surreal things. And yeah, yeah just then being, being at home, that was the beginning of my mania. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like burst into laughter randomly. Cause I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe this is real. You didn't see it coming. You don't know where it's going to end. There's some moments that can only be com- compared to like actually like being mad. Like, you know, when you just I see like mad people. That. just. No, I, felt, I felt that sometimes. <laughs> I am so at ease with my own company. Honestly, mm-hmm. there are very few people whose company I like better than my own. Word. If we're being honest. <laughs> so I love, I love spending time with myself. But I think now I'm being forced too mm-hmm. i i'm not actively I, I have no active way to opt out of this sometimes but yeah even then it was still a okay we'll do this it was still cute fine. i think it was still cute though it was cute you were we weren't uh, sick of zoom you know yeah we tiger were... king was a i think tiger king started <laughs> to be a hit then like march april i, I did thoroughly stop. enjoy tiger you're king the one, you're the one who, <laughs> actually it's because of you you're the one who was like oh you, like if you like gist you like it so watch it and i was like okay 
like since you twisted my arm but okay uh-uh. like, okay but on the subject of march i think a cool thing for me about march was i think it was march that i got my business idea i remember i been early on in lockdown i was like i want to have something like i'm passionate about something that makes sense and the idea for cube travel just made sense mm-hmm. it was i was like wait what like i can totally do this and the seed was planted and i kind of started laying the groundwork and doing the work on the back end for for all of that and yeah april i remember just talking to you a lot you and mish a lot i think the the good parts of the pandemic were still kind of flowing in a way mm-hmm. where i think people were still clapping for healthcare workers yeah it was still cute in april it was honestly. so cute in april and i think like i don't know that i talk i talked to my siblings as much as i did at the start of the pandemic all of a sudden we would just be having group calls like almost every day or every other day which i loved oh i think in april i did an audition i mean nothing ever came of it but it was still fun to do it so i did a fun like recording of of me doing a, of a monologue and we did the don't rush challenge yeah oh my god don't rush it's so yeah. funny how even when we were doing it we knew like if you don't get in on this quickly <laughs> It will pass you by. Like I mean, we knew we're that kind of late. We're kind of late-ish to it. No, well, f- from where I was, we weren't. But pandemic was cute then. Like everybody it was, was cu- doing it was still cute. videos, yeah. getting into TikTok. Like I remember, yeah. like oh my god, this is just giving me throwbacks to the start of the pandemic when people were doing their exercise challenges. Like there were so many little challenges that were floating around. I know because it was cute, and then. everybody was doing Instagram live. Remember? And I'm yes. just like you all are not that interesting. Can we? St- Stop, though. <laughs> you are not doing anything on your Instagram live. Yeah. You've hit May. May was a fascinating month for me. Why? Because it was like highs and lows. Mm. It was my birthday. Oddly, probably one of the best birthdays I've ever had. Like, oh, I yeah, don't. You got think, a lot of gifts. I don't think I've ever received so much of a showering of affection on, on a single <laughs> birthday in my life like my resolve with birthdays has always been birthdays are for me to give myself a gift i take myself on a trip and it's a reflective time for me to just enjoy and treat myself like i planned like a zoom birthday party which i really enjoyed that was fun my life was also definitely in me it might have even been like a phony week i don't know how i did it but i know that the Black Lives Matter stuff started brewing. And I was just like, yeah. I just need to make it through my life. I just need to make it through my life before I can even take the time needed to begin to process this. Because mm-hmm. once I start, this is going to overwhelm me. Of course, it's America. Black people are steady dying every day for reasons that they don't need to. But it just felt like back to back to back to back to back to back. And it was the craziest versions of this stuff. It was like walking to the store, sleeping in your house, just things that should never, should never be resulting in the death of a single person for any reason. I think those were the moments that also, that felt really lonely as well. Because, yeah. I mean, even though there was a... Right, because you were dealing with all of this, again, for the most part, by your lonesome self mm-hmm. sitting in your... I, I mean, as you know, like, a lot of people are using social media to vent, but that's not me, right? Like, yeah. May and June were also really, really tough because in addition to all the Black Lives Matter stuff popping off here in the US, 
there was the all the stuff going on in Nigeria as well. All the girls who were raped and killed. There were the girls who were killed by the police. Uh, the, at least the one girl was killed by the police. Then there were there were the multiple young women killed, raped and killed, like in random places, like the like in a church, church for example, church. like like. I mean, it was just, it was like, just hashtag like hashtag after hashtag, they were, and they were hashtag. all at the same time. Like it was mm-hmm. really a mentally exhausting, really sad time. And I just remember, honestly, felt like I was at, on the edge of an abyss. Oh my gosh! During that period, you're like you're speaking my my experience. Yeah, and I remember, like I, I remember talking to you, Amisha. I was just like, I can't even let myself feel mm-hmm. all the things because I know that I'm gonna dr- like. I was on the edge knowing that if I opened the window, I was going to drown in the flood. Like I would drown. Like I just knew it. So even having to avoid social media, but not even being able to fully do that enough. Like it was just a rough period to navigate, honestly. And when I don't let myself feel, I'm not really myself either. Mm -hmm. So it was just a weird existence. Like it was a really lonely time having to go through all of that. There were times during Black Lives Matter where I was crying several times a day like in ways that I couldn't control. Like I would literally be sitting trying to do my work and I would burst into tears. Like the way you describe kind of being on the edge of an abyss, like I sometimes get to these emotional points where I'm really on edge. Like it just feels like if a breeze blows, I can tip over. Yeah. A light breeze. And so you're just on the edge of your emotions and you see something, you hear something, experience something, like any tiny change and you go from functional in your day to like weeping like that was me during that period and because the work I was doing as well was tied in so directly I felt like I was having the experience of dealing with the macro of it like all of us in the all black community mourning together coming together and then also kind of just experiencing like the workplace dynamics and challenges of people who I mean, in many cases, people are trying, mm-hmm. but I think you have to be a part of a, of some kind of cultural community to really understand, to have a semblance of what Black people go through. I don't know. It's just to things like you it. can never understand. Like, like, so I remember. I think it was in April. So I went on a walk, and so I told you the story about how some guy who had a huge stick was like literally hitting people and mm-hmm. stuff. Anyway, so there were there were like there was a guy and there was a woman, and the guy was like a young white guy. And anyway, the guy was like, uh, and he was a teenager, and he and he's like, oh, I called the cops, like oh, you're hitting a young kid, blah blah blah. Like, and he was like trying to be like, like, do you see him like hitting me, blah 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 blah. Like this man was like hitting people to like be six feet apart. I don't know what the heck was happening. So it was all strange. But the point that the bigger point that I'm trying to make here is, um, the girls like I've called the cops, and initially I was gonna because I kind of witnessed what happened. I was gonna, I thought to stick around and be a witness for the kid. But then I was like, I looked around the situation. This man who is hitting people with a stick is white. Like, literally mm-hmm. everybody in this situation will be okay. Me, right. questionable. So, I'm going to Bye. keep walking. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and as I was walking, literally, like, I hadn't gone very far. And I saw two police um, vehicles with their sirens b- blaring. Yeah. Like, so I was jokingly, as a joke, like, telling my my manager this story. Like, because, again, during this period, me and her were doing walk and talks for... Uh, weekly check-ins mm-hmm. um and so i was like telling her the story because it was such a crazy thing of somebody hitting people with a stick and i was like well i kind of looked around the situation and i figured like i'm the only black person here so i'm not sticking around for the police mm-hmm. and we kind of laughed about it and we moved on but then all the black Lives matter stuff started popping off right and then like she literally like i don't know 
at some point that statement like really came back to her and sat with her and she was like i would never have thought about it. like she she called me to talk to me and she was just like like how are you like i remember you telling me the story and i just would never have th- thought about it she's like because like i look at you you're like so harmless you're accomplished you're this you're educated you're smart you're like you know she says all those things like and i'm like yeah none of this stuff is actually matters like <laughs> yeah man it was just such a wild time like even the protests, you could tell there was a component of, okay, we've been at home <laughs> for so long. And like, I don't know, I think people just needed a place to scream and cry and all oh, like you just need an outlet for this energy because you're watching, you're watching death every day. Like so a lot of the things I saw, I just saw them by accident. Like, and that's another way where I know different cultures are different with this, but I don't see white people's deaths on my feed ever i have never accidentally watched a white person die we end up being the ones engaging and ingesting this content the most i mean like i don't the the videos are just like cannot yeah and it's so hard like it's just it's not healthy like we're not meant to see that so it was just tough and it was just tough and i remember even like feeling like a bad black person during the protest oh yeah like my brother wanted to go to a protest like i just was kind of like no like of course i didn't say no mm-hmm. because he's an adult clearly yeah. but i really wanted to be like can you yeah. not but I then i was and then i struggled i was like wow does that make me a bad black person because no, clearly some people have to protest way. but i'm also carrying all this fear and i'm just I'm, like please don't in addition, in addition to the fear there's also the like what does this change because we've been here before in so many different ways. Oh my gosh, where we that was the other part of it. Where we and we yeah. beg, and things just go back to normal. That was the other the other dimension of this, where it was, it, there was a sense of hopelessness, I think, mm. as well. And honestly, I feel like I felt that with a lot of things this year, as you know. June was, again, because of all the Black Lives Matter stuff and everything just going on where I was mentally, that was the first time that, in the, during the pandemic, that I'd seen anyone was... I think early June. Imagine. And then in June, my mom also came to visit. Mm-hmm. And again, it was one of those things where if I had been in a better place, I would have just been like, don't come because mm-hmm. of everything. It was only a few days, but it helped. Yeah. June was a very interesting one. <laughs> yeah, well. Interesting <laughs> one for me on many levels. It's actually. It's mind-blowing that I found time to attempt to, I don't know if we call it dating, what happened, but to be seeing someone in the pandemic. I chuck it it up to, I usually have an annual foray into these kinds of adventures. (laughs) (laughs) It was obviously someone who I had liked for a long time and like thought highly of and... It wasn't supposed to be a thing. And then I thought like, oh, maybe it could be a thing. And then it's like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm very pro shoot your shot, particularly for women. I think like a lot of times we end up in situations that we don't necessarily want to be in because we're accepting what comes to us instead of being like, oh, that's what I want. Again, not that it won't end in tears, literal or figurative (laughs) but just that you know like you you don't have to wonder when you're curious about something and you try it out so i think that was good and like 
very different from any way that I've navigated before. Like I remember there was a point where I was just like happy and it was so scary to me. I was like happy then I was anxious and I felt alone because I was like, what's going on? Um, but I like I just think back and I'm like, it's good to open yourself up to experiences. And a lot of my feeling with it, it's mm -hmm. split into like the situation and the person specifically, which is like, I took a gamble with my feelings. I took a gamble with a friendship and I lost. And I think I experienced the person in a way that disappointed me. There's just some disappointment and hurt on that side of things. But I think the side of it that is my, <laughs> that's probably the more dominant thing is just like, these experiences that I have, or my forays as I'm <laughs> recording them, um, I don't know that I've ever, even while within it, like ever not thought that, man, I'm really bad at this. It just ends up feeding so many of my own negative narratives that I have for myself. Like, mm -hmm. man, I must be really difficult to be with. Like, I must ask for too much or I must not be, like, worthy of effort or consideration. I don't attribute this to the people that I interact with. Like, they are not to be blamed for the fact that I'm not a blank slate. And I don't know, maybe maybe part of it is I'm, I'm a really good single person. Like, I'm really good at it and yeah. I'm really good at barring my negative self-talk, which is is a big bar. <laughs> Barring that, I'm really good at giving myself the things I need and want. And I'm good at doing things alone. Um, so I, I do think in many ways it might even be hard for my experiences existing in a pair to measure up because I'm like, I can read my own mind. Mm. <laughs> and they can't read mine and I can't read theirs. So I don't know. I just, I just come away from it feeling like damaged or broken in some fundamental way like I don't come away from it feeling like oh like I'm beautiful and confident and wanted mm -hmm. and this sounds so deep as I'm saying it but it, like even when I was when we talked about loneliness like I feel good in my own company I feel I don't know even like this year it was so different for me because on the body issue like this girl, you know, whatever the Instagram body of the day is, it's not going to be you. There's no small waist and big nyash here. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just felt, I felt good and confident. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I, I have experiences in dating that like I find affirming. I just feel really insecure and question myself a lot and wonder like, what, what is it about me in, in a way? Like I just, I internalize it a lot. And thankfully, like the way this particular situation went, it already felt like it was falling apart from within. So I think I had a lot of time to process within it such that when it was over, it was just like, okay, cool. And, and it made me realize like all the expectations and desires I had were within the context of the, of the situation. And once the situation was over, I didn't have those expectations and desires anymore. I was just like, I experienced this person, they experienced me. It didn't click because I was just like, nah, like there's no alternate reality of who we are. Mm -hmm. Like this was it. So there's nothing to wish or hope or whatever, like it just is. So I was able to really reflect on it and be like, okay, obviously I was not and I will never be a perfect saintly figure mm -hmm. or even good. I tried to be understanding and patient and kind and loving, like all the things I would hope to be, I tried to be in this situation. Did I let my anxiety get the best of me at certain times, 100%, I could feel that. But I also, my relationship to my anxieties changed a lot because I was just like, thankfully, I'm not someone whose anxiety is a sickness. I even realized that, oh, if I trusted my anxiety a little bit more, 
I would have probably affirmed myself more considerably because mm-hmm. my anxiety was not lying. Like when you have feelings that are off, it's because you know what it's like when things are good and normal, whether that's on you and your internal processes and you working through your own stuff or whether that's how you're being treated. Like it could be a myriad of things, but it's an indicator that something is wrong. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I just felt like I conducted myself in a grown way, in the way that I would, that I only hope I improve at, but at a base level was true to myself. I tried to like quiet my, the voices in my head. I tried to be open and honest about what I wanted. Just all those yeah. things that are about how you should function and how I would want someone to function towards me. I tried to do those. But overall, I'm like, I can't feel badly. Things working is an anomaly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so if it doesn't, like, best wishes to everyone. And like, we go again next year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the other June thing. I really felt like my two years of therapy came good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I remember starting my therapy process because I really wanted to be better at drawing boundaries related to my parental relationships and just feeling empowered to be a grown-up in those situations and yeah like I finally I think I stepped fully into that into where I'm like okay yep this is what I do no this is what I don't do um and not even in a not out of a bitterness or negativity Mm. just the we're we're all grown folk here and my job in my family is not to be a mediator and also just like functioning on principle, saying what I want to say and doing what I want to do, not out of any specific angle of disrespect, just out of my, you know, prioritizing my life as as an independent individual who has to live with the consequences of my actions. Right. I I think the more time goes on, I'm starting to realize, like, a lot of people are conflict averse. I'm not one of, I'm not conflict averse. I don't don't like conflict. I don't think I've ever said that, but I don't think I am, actually. Like, if something doesn't feel right, it has to be said. I enjoy it. Exactly. To me, I just see, I see goodness at at the other side of almost every conflict. Again, I don't do voices raised and yelling like, like, that to me is weird. (laughs) But I think it was good to kind of have that moment of conflict with my dad. Conflict allows you to set a new template. Mm -hmm. And the board now has to get readjusted. Right. And that's really hard to do without anything to, any framework to kind of lay down those pieces. Um, Because it's like now, I I think things have shifted in a way where the expectation, like, you know what to expect of me when it comes to this stuff, you know what I will do and what I won't do. And that's really what I've always wanted to kind of enter into a space where the expectations of me are based on the things I desire to do and the role I desire to play, not based Mm. on the roles that are expected of me by other people. Yeah. And because of my personality type and really like, as much as I'm not conflict averse, I have a great desire for peace to reign. Like I like, peaceful situations i don't like to upset the rhythm too much like so this is such a small thing for so many people like for so many people it's so normal but it was a huge growth spot for me to be able to assert myself and say yeah no i don't do that like and also just to really speak my mind like speak it really really boldly and like it was not easy i cried in the process 
but it was also great to realize I think I've always had this fear that if I do what I want to do like it would just blow everything up mm. and it didn't like and, it, and I think I had to see that like it didn't blow anything up it just ruffled the feathers and has now allowed them to rearrange in, in a proper way mm. so really really pleased with that and i mean that was really an inspiration to me as i think i told you when my situation similar situation kind of went down later in the year but you know us squaring together i know right like you know that was and i think something that you even said to me later on like the the months after was like you you said something like now which is like oh like you like peace to rain and who doesn't not being completely mm. averse doesn't mean like we're out here trying to yeah you know, like literally looking for everything fights. like no that's not that's not what that means right and i think there's that misconception but that's an aside but you had said something about you're doing all this work of keeping the peace but you're not keeping the peace inside of yourself so really right. there's still a peace that is not being kept here right like you are trying to you're trying to let me be quiet so as not to rock the boat so as to keep the peace but what about the peace inside of you like you had said that to me and i was like yeah you know what like to your point like everything went down and you kept the peace inside of you and yet everybody ended up finding their peace too mm-hmm. <laughs> this was the opposite where you would have been quiet the peace because inside of you you have no peace self. and you'll be forced to face a similar situation in the very near future me standing up to well my former stepfather but now my stepfather again <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that kills me. <laughs> I mean, but it's true, right? I don't know. I was tempted to keep the peace because I'm hearing all these expectations that are made of me. Oh, I've been made of me. And I'm like, these expectations don't make sense. Like, you cannot lay this mm-hmm. on me. One, I'm not willing to rise up to any of this. Like, and I was like, okay, this situation, if I, if I respond to this, like, no one is going to be happy was yeah. where I was coming from. I mean, my mom was there. So I was like, I don't think she'll be happy. But also... I was like, I cannot let it go. Like, you feel how you feel, but this needs to be addressed. And so I spoke my mind very honestly, very respectfully, I think, um, without anger. You know, it wasn't coming from a place of anger or anything. It was just what needed to be said. And I think I, mm-hmm. I stood up for myself and just kind of said where I stood in with, with me. And I was just kind of like, yeah. And that was it. Like, that was it. And it was so surprising, like, all the parts where I thought, like, it was, like, for example, like, I knew, like, my mom would be upset. Like, she actually wasn't... I mean, maybe she was. I'm sure she wasn't, like, happy or dancing in her spirit. But she was just like, oh, no, it's good that you spoke your mind. I was like, oh, wow, I'm very surprised that you said that. <laughs> That's the other thing where it's, like, part of what sometimes holds you back is how you think other people are going to react. Yeah. And, again, you play off all these scenarios in your head. But it's not always what you think it's going to be. Mm. So it wasn't, and that was surprising, and that felt really empowering. I think that was a moment where I felt like, I felt like a proper adult. Mm. I really did. Like, it was just a, a moment of so much growth, where I was like, this person that had so much power over me for so long, and honestly made me so miserable in so many ways, and I had no power at all. Mm-hmm. But being able to stand my ground and speak up for myself and set what my boundaries look like, that was super empowering. Because it sounds simple, but it's really not. It's it really scary isn't. and terrifying. And, and I, like, I did it in a way that felt really true to myself. I did it in ways that where I also was able to even 
be like okay like yes these are my boundaries um but also say hey like maybe i did some things that hurt you like mm. can you forgive me even though i feel like i didn't need to do that but you know but again things. Sign, right like and again it felt like it felt true and it felt very honest to me to just be able to do that and i was i'm just like really proud of those moments right like i'm so i'm so proud of that i'm so proud of like the growth that i saw in those moments and even as a bigger theme really just dealing with a bunch of again as you know like on a personal family family front like it's been a tough year for me in that sense like dealing with past hurts and things like that and really having to deal with them mm-hmm. and kind of confront them in a new way and think about how will i be moving forward and how am i not letting these things affect me you know yeah. i don't know i was so proud of you when you spoke to me on the phone about it that time because you i just feel like i was like saint's trauma has come because you just took it to another level (laughs) like i don't know just you were just radiating like such a godly energy and like for you to offer something to someone that they don't even have the decency to request like for you to offer that i think that says a lot about the caliber and quality of person that you are I mean, and to reach a place kind. like where you can do that i don't know i just found it like that's really yeah, kind and i don't know that me and you really talked about it but it wasn't an easy place to get to i cried real tears over it <laughs> real real tears like just weeping not even it wasn't a pretty crying it was a weeping mm. matter where i'm just like why am i here like why did you cause all this harm to me and now i'm left having to deal with all this baggage and emotions and somehow get like i'm the one having to get over what you did to me like that was that wasn't easy i mean like it took yeah it took a lot of tears and talking a lot to mostly my siblings like because they they got it i mean clearly because we lived these experiences together um but also really a lot of just talking to God and spending lots of time reading and studying about forgiveness. Yeah, that was a great moment, I think, for sure. Yeah. Well, there was obviously the disappointment of July. No Tokyo. Oh, yeah. But I think we're kind of, well, at least I had kind of made We had accepted that, it like, for a long time. Yeah, before we got to July, so it didn't feel quite as bad. But I think... <laughs> July I like how we did our, our sushi date. I know that was real cute. <laughs> that was really cute. Um, um, but July for me was also remember I thought I was gonna move. Yes. Yeah. So that was. We were me. even like hoping the Canadian border would open. Yeah, but literally, <laughs> so I had already gone to give notice at my apartment. I had booked movers. Yeah, yes. I I really was ready. You know, everything set, everything planned. Um, because at work they had said we're going to be working from home to at least January 6th. And I just was like, why am I here? Why am mm-hmm. I spending all this money to live in this expensive state? If I'm not even getting to enjoy the benefits of living in this state because I'm literally locked in my apartment. Um, so, but of course that didn't work out for a whole bunch of reasons, but it was low-key disappointing because I had already patterned myself, prepared my mind that I was moving. Like I was ready. Yeah. And, and especially because you you had been like the level of isolation as a as a person living on their own 
in California was so high. Like yeah. you guys were on some under some of the toughest restrictions. Yeah, like I'd only say a total of four people, Sha, in during the whole since March. Yeah, so it was kind of a lot. <laughs> um, and so I like I was already ready, so that was a bit disappointing. And also, it was a lot of effort to walk everything back. Like I had done mm. all this work, but anyway. Yeah, so that was, like, that was honestly what I really remember about July in my life. I remember, like, those summer months being... I don't even know that I remember definite, definite things, but I just... Things had opened up a little bit more here. Like, it was summer. I had a barbecue. Well, it wasn't a barbecue. Just, like, a picnic with my friends. Things were open. There was stuff to do. And also, like, a lot of things that give me joy and life happened. Like, mm-hmm. I got to go rafting. Like... You know, my usual things, the things that I love to do in the mm-hmm. summer. Um, obviously, I didn't get to party as much as I would like to do in a summer. And by as much as I mean at all. Because <laughs> that wasn't on the table. But I still, I played some shows even, like, outdoors. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And there, yeah, there were a few things here and there that kind of felt good and normal. Yeah, it's just interesting looking back and being like, oh my gosh, we were so careful and concerned. And and as we should be, like, absolutely rightfully so. But, like, that was really the safest time yeah. <laughs> where we could have done the, done the most. Yeah. Um, I don't know, did anything happen in September for you? I asked because we know things took a downturn in October. So, before we get... <sighs> the upsetting thing about October is that it was so exciting at first. You know how we described the start of 2020? Mm. Like, where you're just, like, brimming with optimism yeah. of what could mm-hmm. be. That's how, I, yeah. That's how the NSARS stuff started. I like, felt it, too. Brimming with optimism and possibility. And pride, honestly. Yeah. There was so much pride. pride. Like, I was just like, wow, like, I'm so proud of our youth. Like, I'm so proud of, like, this group of people that are constantly talked down to, are constantly ridiculed, are constantly put down who are standing up and yeah. organizing and just being so efficient and being so selfless efficient, organized and being exemplary yeah and selfless. all that is missing in nigeria yeah like it was just the, it was so much there was so much pride there as well yeah and yeah <laughs> it just it took a turn yeah man. october 20th what um, a dreadful day Really? What a truly dreadful day in history, in life. Like, it was just, oh, I just think, like, sometimes, like, even when people say the, say the date, like, the images just flash into my mind. Mm. Just, like, watching doc, um, DJ switches live and just the fear in everyone, the, like, desperation. Yeah, oh, man, I don't even want to think about gunshots. it, like... Because I'm seeing it too. Right. Like, it just never leaves you. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, um, that's crazy. Um, yeah. I don't know. That was that was rough. I mean, and I say this with all of my privilege of sitting in my California mm-hmm. apartment. Like, clearly not really that rough for me. But mm-hmm. still, I think it was also... It also felt like one of those isolating, lonely moments in a way. Mm-hmm. Because... I just, I just felt so detached from everything. Like, detached in the sense of, like, this thing is going on. Like, literally, I'm like, my home is on fire. And yeah. I cannot do anything about it. Anyway, yeah. that so that was, like, there was just a lot to process there in that yeah. time period. 
yeah i don't even want to spend too much time talking about it because it's really still it's, it's a really lot helping. it's a lot yeah but overall i think i was just i was and i still remain so inspired by like what the young nigerian people were able like we made a global noise you know like i just i'm so grateful to every single person who decided to risk something mm-hmm. for it and and but at the same time i'm so torn because i'm like to risk something for a country that refuses to give you anything yeah and nigerians are not looking for a handout they're just looking for basic well, functioning honestly, systems I mean, it, it nigerians are so ready so to hard work in so ready to work like they just just give the frameworks tell them okay they'll be like i mean there's a reason why good. nigerians succeed in so many other countries like yeah. nobody's giving us any handouts functional systems they can thrive but it's devastating to look back on that time and to also continue to see like the misinformation and narratives i should say disinformation mm-hmm. and narratives that are being spread by gov- the government about what actually happened and the denials and the the um, intimidation tactics. I know, I know. Everything is so horrific. It's so horrific. Uh, anyway, it's, yes. Yeah, so I really have nothing period. nice to say about them. I, I call on my ancestral gods, curses on all of them, on their households. I think they are literally the Antichrist and evil. <laughs> I mean, I, you're not wrong. <laughs> As I say, it's the list of what they deserve. Yeah, Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68 is in the Bible. That's all I have to say to anybody. <laughs> like it's in the bible so yeah but it was tough it affected so much it affected my work mental health it just affected so much and i know that that was the case for so many other people but i think it has been motivational for other people like i don't know like uh, we started recording for the podcast in October. yeah i mean i was going to say that because you know as you said you got a fresh bout of inspiration from just seeing seeing people risk their literal lives for something they believe in i just saw people just put it's just one foot in front of the other. Even when the they couldn't see. They yeah, even they couldn't see. Like, the... just a small one that you can do. Yeah. Like, why people, people showed up in all the ways? Like, it's like people who could cook for the protesters. People who mm-hmm. could, like, provide a place to charge their phones. Everybody was just doing their small thing. Even when you can't see the big picture. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it, obviously, a podcast is not a revolutionary. I mean, clearly. But... But, it, but it made me think about the things that we had been talking about doing that we never did and yeah. we've been talking about the podcast for a long time so it's like i don't know it just made me feel like okay what what are the things that i keep talking about that i could just like take steps to make happen mm-hmm. and once we decided on that like it was pretty full speed ahead that's a big 2020 accomplishment yeah. like to try something new and to give energy to something new and to see what comes of it like essentially you have started two businesses this year (laughs) (laughs) oh it's crazy isn't it okay november i just feel like the end of the year has blurred like i think things went left in october emotionally and then i don't think like i don't actually think i've been able to pick it up Mm. (laughs) like emotionally i think i i think the year caught up like just feeling overwhelmed yeah feeling so burdened like i'm just like wow like i've really been on my own all year yeah. i've really been adjusting to a new job adjusting to life in a pandemic i've really been you know feeling out of my depth in different areas taking on new it was just i think i just crashed yeah. and now i hear that 
because yeah, I'm realizing like after I came out from Baltimore, I didn't see anyone. Still haven't seen anyone till now. Um, and work was really busy in November. Mm-hmm. Like work was really challenging for me also. Yeah. So like I just kind of I like I feel like I haven't been still in a sense. Like I just feel like I've been doing so much and that was like mm-hmm. really really busy. But also good in some ways like with work and stuff like i got like really great feedback during my check-in in november that i remember um and like a project that i was working on had really again positive great feedback and stuff so like mm-hmm. it's just been really it was really busy but also good things came of it but and it validating just, yeah and definitely so but still it was in general it was just blah, like i just yeah you're right that feeling of just like it's, this is a lot and i'm tired and i don't yeah. know how much more i can give you December came on time. <laughs> like December came on time because I needed this slowdown. I needed like the the a full week. Like normally in your year, you ha- it's punctuated with time off that's extended, mm-hmm. and you, you spend time looking forward to a trip, looking forward to seeing certain friends, looking for you know this year just didn't have that at least not in the same way. It really didn't. So, like, I had a week off during the summer, but it was, what, time off to just look forward to being in my same apartment that I've been in right. for the whole year. Right. But I don't know. I'm, like, so grateful for the rest. Obviously, a nice vacation to a sunny place, mm-hmm. tropical, and escaping the winter would be excellent. But in the absence of that, then a restful staycation yeah. is the order of the day. I know. Yeah. That was our year 2020 in review. That was 2020. A year for the books. A, a book and, and, a and let's burn all the books. Right? <laughs> let's never speak of it again. Because... <laughs> um, do Okay, I, I'm, I'm scared to ask this. <laughs> but do you have any feelings towards 2021? <laughs> I don't know. I guess cautious optimism mm. is. I, I mean, to call it 2021 is not a switch where anything is going to go back to. Clearly, like we know yeah, that. Yeah, we still have a ways to go, even though right. there are some signs of. There's some. There is some optimism with the vaccine. Yeah. Etc. Etc. And that's why I said cautious optimism because mm-hmm. I am, like, there's still a certain sense of like depression really like looking yeah. to the beginning of the year like my like you bir- can't really make plans yeah <laughs> and my birthday is coming up honestly i don't know that i've ever dreaded a birthday as much as mm-hmm. this one and it's not because i'm like oh i'm turning something it's not even that it's just the like i don't know how to ex- explain it but mm-hmm. it's like like nothing is different yeah. it's like i'm i'm tired of this like i don't want to do this anymore and mm. The idea, like, I'm supposed to not spend my birthday, like, literally in the same conditions that I spent every single day. When I would just rather not, like, I'd rather yeah. be anywhere else <laughs> at this point. Well, maybe not anywhere else, but, you know, I'd rather just be somewhere else. Mexico, for example. <laughs> but, yeah, just... just <laughs> Me too, sis. <laughs> Me too. I... Like, I'm just... So, there is that. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the first few months of the year, even, like, the first half, maybe, and, like, still very uncertain. Like, so, there's mm. still a lot of uncertainty. So, a lot of feelings of uncertainty. But, again, with the vaccine, there's some cautious optimism. 
Um, yeah. And there's also, there's a feeling of restlessness. There's still that, like, mm. where I'm just like, there's just an itching that uh, once I'm free of this, there's just so much yeah. now that I want to do. Um, maybe so much that I wasn't taken for granted in the past, right? Because, mm. I mean, I just realized, like, one, you can't put things off thinking you have time. If 2020 has taught me anything, it's, well, that's one of the lessons because you just mm. never know. And I think, I think me and you have also talked about this as well, where with a lot of things, there's a certain window of opportunity, especially as, we're old, mm-hmm. as we get older now, like people have their lives and families and kids and stuff like that. Like they only have a certain window of opportunities for certain experiences with people that you care about. So the, and then, so add that to the fact that maybe you might not always have the time you think you have because again, something like 2020 and, and as that was, as that's happened. So that's just something for me where I'm just, so that feeling of restlessness is there to, you know, take advantage of the things I can do and like spend time with the people I care about and blah, blah, blah. Like I know take this for granted. So yeah, that's like, those are kind of, the top feelings in 2021 or as i'm looking mm. to the year yeah uh, i think i would agree with cautious optimism also just like an open-handedness as well like i think usually you kind of have new year's resolutions and you you know you try to work towards them but i'm like I don't have any, I'm not holding anything. <laughs> like I am not holding anything in this 2021, but I want to follow that feeling of taking the opportunities that come my way, doing the things I want to do, finding joy where I can find it. Um, you talked about lessons and like, I think 2020 has been a year of me learning to kind of honor myself. And, and it sounds really cliched and stuff, but like, just honor myself with the same love that I try to honor other people with. Mm-hmm. Like I've spent a lot of time with myself and she deserves, you know, like look at all the things that you're willing to do for other people. Do them for yourself. Like do them to yourself. Enjoy that for yourself. And I mean, like, one thing, like you had this whole thing of getting yourself flowers every week. That yes, was really I got my flowers and I loved that. Yeah, I love that for you too. And it's like, obviously, obviously it's great for other people. And I, I, I would love, I like, I'm so happy and feel really blessed when other people do those things for me um, as well. But like, I don't need to wait because 2020 has told us that waiting is a bust. Mm. <laughs> I think I want to do some big girl things. Yeah, actually yeah. me too, right? Yeah. And if I can control it, it's plenty of baby girl moves. <laughs> <laughs> I love it for you. I mean, you know I'm there, I'm right there with you. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to be with you in the New Year. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Congratulations to you for making it through 2020. Ooh. The most. <laughs> I don't know, the most everything year of mm-hmm. life and maybe in history. But you're here, you made it. Yes, and, and we're happy. That means, yeah, we're happy really. We're so thankful. Um, and I really hope that 2021 is a good year for everyone. We hope it's a good year for you. I hope that we get to break out of lockdown and living in fear of literally a microscopic virus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but tell us that we know that 
last year was challenging and this year everyone has different feelings so tell us what are your overwhelming feelings as you look towards this year what are you feeling what's at the top of mind for you right now when you when you think about this year absolutely we love to hear from you please use so your feeling just... words yeah feeling use your feeling right no to clarify if you say i feel like that's not a feeling right no. if it's followed by like it's not a feeling like i cannot feel like i feel like saying something that's not a feeling right like mm. i feel but anxious feel i feel a specific restless. emotion i feel okay so use your well, words you heard anti chairman so <laughs> respond in that fashion please <laughs> and thank you um and of course the best wishes to you and yours for a an excellent year fingers yes. crossed yes yes bye thank you mm-hmm. all right guys catch up later mm-hmm. love you love you bye thanks so much for listening are you me was created by the two of us it's edited by our sister misha and produced by our friend falaran in partnership with yawa we love you guys the music was produced by the incredible David, aka Dalat. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when we drop a new conversation. And if you liked what you heard, give us all the stars and a good review. And also tell a friend to tell a friend. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us at RUMePod on Instagram and Twitter. You can also send us an email at RUMePodcast at gmail.com. We send out periodic newsletters with fun bonus content. Sign up on our website at ayumipodcast.com. Take good care of yourself. Till next time, this has been Are You Me? Me?